It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. This is Chris Sosa with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Natalie Pagler. Chief Information Officer for Stanford Medicine Children's Health. Dr. Pagler, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure, thanks for having me. Dr. Pagler, could you please introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your background? Yeah, sure. So I'm Natalie Pagler. I am a pediatric intensivist uh, and the Chief Medical Information Officer at Stanford Children's Health. I also serve as the Program Director for the Clinical Informatics Fellowship across Stanford Medicine. Excellent. Dr. Pazer, what do you say are top priorities today? Gosh, there are so many, but um, a couple that come to mind immediately are continuing to try to uh, optimize the experience and efficiency for providers and staff, um, especially using um, our electronic health record. I think, you know, during the pandemic, uh, especially we saw such a rise in uh, digital health and in-basket messages, so really struggling to help with some of those provider efficiency issues. Uh, and then a second major issue as we've gone forward with uh, health information sharing across across the nation, um, uh, I think there's a lot of really exciting uh, potential opportunity there, but here at a, at a pediatric organization, pediatric and obstetric organization, we are really working hard to figure out how to do that in the most effective way for children and adolescents and their families, which has a few extra complications. I'm glad you mentioned that actually, given your background as a pediatric intensivist, how has that affected the job you're doing right now? Yeah, so I think I think there's lots of different different ways to go there. From a health information sharing, I, I, I do think uh, there's a lot, I think we are moving in the right direction as, an, as, a, as a nation and really trying to empower our patients and families um, and ensure, you know, especially with complex children that we see in at Stanford Children's, um, ensure that their families, that the families have all the information they need to, to navigate the health system. Uh, and so, you know, as I mentioned, I really think it's the right thing to do. Um, and we've had really grateful comments from some of our patients and families saying how much easier it is now that they can see their notes and um, and and take notes from one provider to another or or check back in on what the plan had been when they get a little bit confused. Um, so again, totally the absolutely right thing to do, but it is a huge shift in how we approach patient care um, as a nation. So the, the, the few things that we are working on, I think, you know, one, in the, especially in the ICU setting, um, it, is, it has been a change to have our patients and families um, be able to see, you know, lab results or see uh, data maybe sometimes even before we've seen it. Uh, and I think a lot of that um, we've handled just through expectation setting and, and telling them, you know, when we will talk about this information and, and, and being aware that they're seeing it and, and addressing, you know, kind of how, how the information uh, gets released and, and, and how we will process it, you know, during rounds or when they have questions afterwards. I think the, the other issue that we really see, again, at a, especially at a pediatric organization are the challenges around adolescence. 
Um, we really, we know, uh, again, for some of our adolescents with complex medical conditions, having their family fully engaged in their care can be the best way to ensure that they are getting the right care and moving their health plans forward. However, for certain challenging or sensitive topics like reproductive health, like mental health, like drug and alcohol abuse, we know that some adolescents won't seek care or won't share information with their healthcare providers if they are concerned about their guardians inappropriately getting access to that information. So we've done a lot of work here at Stanford Children's to really thoughtfully approach how we share information with adolescents and their families and, and try to ensure the right information goes to the right person. Dr. Page, I understand it can be important to deploy not only technological experts in implementing technology, but also clinicians. Could you please expand upon that? Yes, absolutely. So I 100% agree that it's, it's critical to have clinicians involved in, uh, in all of our uh, information systems and informatics uh, implementations. And so we have a really advanced clinical informatics program here where we have uh, physician informaticists, nurse informaticists, um, uh, informaticists from, from multiple other specialties really working tightly with our information services department to ensure that we are, uh, that we are thinking through any, any implementation appropriately. Uh, so, so for example, we have a, a large range of physician and provider informaticists uh, who are trained both in clinical informatics um, and their own clinical specialty. And they can oftentimes really be both a partner to our analysts, but also sometimes that liaison between our analyst uh, technical teams and the operational or clinical teams in the hospitals um, and can really kind of help as that uh, translator to make sure that we are clearly defining the problem and designing you know, the, best, the best solutions and thinking about how to optimize the workflows and get technology to support. Um, you know, similarly, uh, um, amongst our physician informaticists, we have a large group of, of, um, of ad adolescent medicine uh, informaticists. So these are folks who are really on the front edge uh, of thinking through some of these adolescent privacy issues that I was mentioning early, earlier. So um, Arash Anishirvani, Jen Carlson, Rachel Goldstein are all experts in both informatics and adolescent medicine at our organization. And having that perspective from, from both viewpoints, understanding the clinical needs of our adolescent population and understanding the technical options and the informatics challenges or uh, privacy and information sharing issues has really helped them to partner with our analytics specialists, with our our information service analysts and create novel solutions that, that truly help us optimally serve that population. Uh, similarly, I'll say um, we, have a, we have a clinical informatics fellowship program across Stanford Medicine. So um, for those of you who don't know, uh, clinical informatics is now a board certified specialty. And so any clinician who has completed their clinical residency uh, training can do a two-year fellowship after um, after their clinical training is complete, and uh, get get speci develop specific expertise in clinical informatics. Uh, and again, these folks are really serving as the liaisons between our analytics teams and our and our clinical and operational specialists. 
um, and or bringing their clinical viewpoint and, and designing uh, novel informatics implementations to improve the quality of care, patient safety, and patient, family, and provider experience. So having these, uh, these energized trainees in our program has been remarkable for moving forward some really cool innovation. I can certainly appreciate that you use the word translator. I think that is something that a lot of people can relate to when it comes to wrapping their brains around informatics. Uh, Dr. Paisler, how do you anticipate your role is going to change over the next 18 months or so? Again, another great question. Uh, you know, I don't think it would be uh, 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 fair to, to say anything right now about the next 18 months without at least mentioning large language models like ChatGPT. Definitely, uh, those have come on, on the scene um, in a dramatic way. And I think we are at the top of the hype, the hype cycle right now and really trying to understand um, what these large language models or generative AI um, have the power to do um, and, and what are the potential um, unintended consequences. So, you know, I think um, we are lucky here at Stanford Medicine, uh, you know, on the Stanford campus and, and part of Silicon Valley to have incredible experts in advanced data science, in AI, machine learning, uh, and thankfully have really been able to be thoughtful over the last couple of years about how we meaningfully, safely translate AI and machine learning uh, into the clinical setting. Uh, and I think we are you know, doing the same thing with these large language models uh, and partnering with our vendor partners, as well as our data scientists to think through um, what the potential implications may be both, you know, like I said, both positive and, and both uh, and potential unintended consequences that we need to make sure we, we prevent. What do you consider the most exciting part of language models and AI in general? You know, I think we've 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 heard so much and seen so much over the last you know decade or so about provider burden, about clinician burden. Uh, we know that you know as the EHR came onto the scene, that it significantly disrupted the way uh, clinicians do their work and has. Uh, and, and, and that our providers and, and other clinicians spend a, a large amount of time uh, interacting with their computers, um, with, the, with the EHR and, and having to do documentation. And so I really think uh, we're at a point now where we have so much data that has been translated or has been entered into the EHR. It gives us huge, you know, vast amounts of data to, to capture and to innovate upon. So I think these, you know, I think, I think Data science in, in general and large language models in particular really um, give us both the opportunity to create learning health systems, learn from our um, from the data that is being generated every day in the clinical and operational setting, and also to hopefully mitigate some of the the, the challenges that have been introduced by our electronic health systems and uh, and help help capture documentation more quickly, help providers and other clinicians do their work more efficiently. So uh, both an opportunity to transcend what was ever, ever possible before through advancing learning health systems and, and you know, hopefully to make our, our, our work more efficient um, as we continue to adapt to these system, systems. Lastly, Dr. Pagler, I We'll ask you this question, understanding that it could be a very, very long list. Uh, but I do want to know from your perspective, what in pediatrics deserves a brighter spotlight than it is getting right now? 
Oh, great question. Uh, so, you know, I think we are we are incredibly lucky that we have an inc we have an amazingly vibrant pediatric community across the nation and across the world. Um, and you know, organizations like the AAP and the Children's Hospital Association are helping uh, helping to bring us together to highlight and and advocate for some of the um, necessary work that needs to be that needs to happen across pediatrics in general and especially with pediatric informatics. So, um, you know, one example of that is. How do we meaningfully uh, enable information sharing for children um, and their guardians and adolescents? And there's there's multiple complexities there uh, that we really need to continue to work through. And, and again, um, both our vendor partners and our our professional organizations are helping us to um, to work through those challenges. And so grateful for that work. I also think you know there's there um, there are ongoing. Uh, opportunities for optimizing our health information systems to specifically take care of children. Um, and, uh, you know, for example, uh, pediatric medication safety uh, is, is a really challenging area uh, and pediatric dosing is much more complicated than adult medication dosing because it changes as the child ages. Um, and because, uh, it, you know, it can be weight-based or it can be age-based or it can be uh, based on, you know, on body surface area, uh, and so, uh, and then, and then you add to it the complexity of making sure that both the patient and/or the appropriate parent or guardian has has access to that information, um, and that it's clear. It just gets really complex really quickly, and so we've been so grateful to our our vendor partners, you know, like Epic, um, in really helping us to to focus on how do we optimize some of our base baseline uh, functionality to really ensure the highest quality and, and highest level of patient safety in some of these, these pediatric-specific areas. No doubt there are many people who share that worthy goal, Dr. Pagler. Thank you so much for your time and energy and insights today. No doubt our audience will find this very useful, and hopefully we can connect again soon. Sounds great. Thanks so much for having me.